Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of The Evolving Leader. I'm Scott Allender, and the reason I'm doing this today is because when we turned off our mics at the end of season one of the podcast, John left me with a personal challenge. Because God forbid he just let me go on holiday and get some rest without homework, right? He asks, so where do you plan to become more radically self-aware in 2021? My instinct, of course, was to ignore him. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll come back to that sometime in the new year, probably the summer, like next August. After all, this was the end of the year 2020. And I'd already done the appropriate work of identifying some helpful lessons. And now I just felt like I needed to switch off completely, lie down on the floor and drool on myself. But this instinct, um, this feeling kind of led me to another question. Where else am I switched off? Or maybe a better way to ask it is, where am I most inclined to switch off? Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with switching off occasionally. Sometimes it's exactly what the doctor orders. But I started wondering if satiating myself with sloth-like behaviors over the holidays was going to be the right antidote for my sense of exhaustion. Or was it actually the preferred time, the perfect time, to take some serious inventory and think about how I could become more radically self-aware? How might I become more radically self-aware in a year that is certain to be filled with more uncertainty? Now, I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions either. I'm talking about embracing times of dedicated rest as opportunities for personal growth. And this intentional self-examination, going through a process like this during a time of rest, is something that I already knew I should be doing. It produces more rest in us in the long run, Whereas, you know, many of the immediate gratification type things, the narcotizing behaviors that we think we need actually create more fatigue in us over, over time. So I knew this already, but there's often a gap, um, a chasm even between knowing something and doing it. For example, I think almost everyone knows how to host a good meeting. State the purpose of the meeting, what's going to be achieved, have an agenda, send it out to the participants ahead of time whenever possible, start on time, end on time, have clear takeaways, etc. Right? Yet, how many of us regularly do that? It's not a knowing problem, it's a doing problem. And if we're going to close the knowing doing gap in whatever area of our lives, we must get honest with ourselves about what's getting in the way us so that we can engineer an internal change within. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of my family doctor uh, when I was growing up. I saw him for, you know, my entire adolescence and into my early 20s, I think, you know, just for checkups or when I was ill, you know, the, the usual stuff. And he was a very knowledgeable medical doctor. He was also obese. He had a smoker's cough and smelled of cigarettes constantly. And I'd remember he would talk to my dad and give him all this advice on on his diet, even though my dad was in pretty good shape at the time, worked out regularly, and clearly much healthier than the doctor was. And he would ask me what I was doing to make sure I got the proper amount of physical exercise, not spending too much time on video games and things, right? Which I appreciated, but this kind, wonderful doctor couldn't close his own knowing-doing gap. Now, at this stage of my life, 
I find it easy to be the same way. As a learning practitioner, it is just as easy for me and sometimes just as tempting for me not to worry about my own knowing-doing gap. I work really hard to help others cultivate their own awareness their for their own health, for their you know positive impact in the world, their overall effectiveness, and to continually develop their leadership capabilities. But do I consistently work as hard on cultivating my own? Well, the answer is no. And I was thinking about this too. And the reason why I think is because I tend to run in two gears, uh, 90% action and 10% sloth with almost nothing in between. I find it difficult to sit in neutral and just be. So I tend to run fast and crash hard. That's my tendency. I'm working on it. So because this is my MO, sitting in neutral on a regular basis is exactly the type of work I need to be continually doing to close my own knowing doing gap. For you, the thing might be totally different. The thing that might close your knowing doing gap could be to get up and moving because maybe you have a tendency to sit in neutral. The key is to get honest with ourselves about what is going on below the waterline of consciousness. So, John, you sly son of a gun, you. I did your homework. And it actually only took me about a minute for the answer to come to me. So I guess that means I get an A. And the answer is mindset. Where I can become more radically self-aware in 2021 is of my own mindset. Now, mindset has become something of a buzzword in leadership development circles. And I think there are some variations of how people are thinking about it. So when I say mindset, what do I mean? Well, the notion of mindset in a corporate setting is actually rooted in Carol Dweck's work on the theory of fixed and growth mindsets in children and how these reflect our rational mental processes, assumptions, beliefs, thoughts, etc. But this is really only part of the picture. What neuroscience is showing us is that mindset is the most significant means by which humans create value. It's how we uniquely see situations, solve problems, make choices, form relationships. And if mindset is the foundation then on which we build our lives, our skills, experiences, competencies, etc., how then should we be thinking about it? I think building a healthy mindset at its core is our ability to confront the assumptions that we make about the problems, choices, and relationships in our lives so that we can then reframe them to see them in a new way, a more accurate way. And I believe the secret sauce to confronting these assumptions is to observe the influence that our emotions have on our perceptions. So 2020 was, well, you know. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, all these technologies really saved the day for businesses all over the world. They are fantastic. I mean, where would we be without them? Could you imagine if this had all happened 20 years ago? Seriously. But these technologies have their costs as well. Recent research is showing that it takes much more cognitive energy to focus on a Zoom call than it does an in-person meeting. Now, there are many reasons for this, which you can Google later if you want, but the point I'm making is that they can zap our energy and impact our emotional state and our sense of well-being in unexpected ways. Add to it all the other emotional experiences associated with living through a pandemic, and whatever your circumstances uh, you may have experienced a vast array of emotions that changed with the weather. Yet if you're like me, many times these emotions weren't consciously experienced. I was busy. 
I run in two gears. Remember, if I'm not if I'm not consciously doing something else, right? I'm either moving at 90% or I'm slothed out in my other 10%. So I, I was busy. There were certain pressures, expectations. We all just have a lot of shit to do, right? So we tell ourselves we are doing fine and we just keep moving forward. But on those days, when I had unacknowledged, difficult emotions just outside my field of consciousness, they impacted me. On those days, I was a mediocre team player, I think. Or worse, more closed off to new ideas, not the greatest listener. Or maybe I was a bit defensive or just unmotivated. And other times when I chose to stop for a minute, maybe take a walk and really reflect on what I was feeling and why, I could then surface the information that was embedded in my emotional experience, understand it, metabolize it, and then I could reframe my mindset. The point I'm making is this. What we feel plays a more significant role in our daily experience than anything we could possibly think, and even more so when we aren't conscious of what we are feeling. Our mindset is profoundly about our emotions. I'm going to leave you with a bit of insight from Harvard management scholar Chris Agriris, whose name I'm never sure I'm pronouncing correctly. He pioneered some theories on learning. He saw two prevailing mindsets in organizations, productive and defensive. People with a productive mindset seek out information, ideas, and solutions that can be tested, and people with a defensive mindset, on the other hand, seek out information that will protect them from having to change their beliefs. And the consequences as you can witness in society and on the internet, a defensive mindset can be very damaging because at its worst, any truth is suppressed or modified when it feels threatening to someone with the defensive mindset. So if we are to have a productive mindset, we need to learn to allow our emotions to be experienced and processed in healthy ways. We need to normalize speaking about them in productive ways Emotions are not counter to logic and reason. On the contrary, emotions are an invaluable source of information which we cannot get from anywhere else. So that's where I'm at. What about you? What knowing doing gap do you need to repair? And how might that enable you to become more radically self-aware in 2021?